Shock Sports Radio starts now. If Jason Tatum did not miss nine games, Jason Tatum would have been the number one pick in this draft. This guy had the knack, the ability to free his own shot. I, I think Pritchard was asking too much. Danny wasn't willing to give up. And that's just the way it goes. As a GM, your responsibility is to get the best offer out there. Yeah, that's my point, though. I think he's trying to you know, look at his career as a whole and say, I don't want to go 3-9. and nine. Five of Shark Sports Radio. Yes, week five. We will be talking about the latest free agency talk in the NFL. And we also break down what is going on with the Boston Celtics as of late. Tune in. Welcome into another edition of Shark Sports Radio. Week five here alongside of me is nobody. It's yours truly, Shark. Thank you, everyone, for tuning in to your SoundCloud app. We have a lot of discussion to go over this week. We'll be breaking down the NFL free agency as it starts on March 13th officially. And we also break down the Boston Celtics struggles. I want to pinpoint something that I heard recently. It is key to their recent losses. So let's take a dive right into it. We have the NFL free agency starting on March 13th officially. But of course, on March 11th, all teams can talk to agents and then everything under the rug can come out on March 13th. As everyone already knows where these players are going by March 13th, it's just the official NFL start of the year. There's a lot of big names out there, especially in free agency, but also there's a lot of names to be looked at as far as the franchise tag. Um, There are going to be a significant amount of teams that are going to have a lot of cap room. This year, the NFL salary cap is set at $188.2 million, which is one of the highest it's ever been. Um, You're going to have the Colts, the Jets, the Raiders, Bills, Texans, and Browns that will have the most money in their pockets. I think it's going to be pivotal, you know, for every single team as far as the Raiders, Browns, and the Jets, for instance. They're going to have to find a way to buy into a successful season. They're going to pay top notch. They're going to pay for Le'Veon Bell. They're going to pay for Trey Flowers. You know, they're going to pay for guys like C.J. Mosley, Landon Collins, possibly even Blake Bortles. You know, I, I think there's there's a realist to this where you have to somehow get back into the swing of things. And sometimes free agency isn't necessarily the way to go. Sometimes it's about building through the draft. That's the Miami Dolphins approach because they're trying to learn from the New England Patriots and their recent success through the draft. But I'm telling you right now, there's going to be a lot of dollars thrown around uh, in you know the next couple of weeks. Um, a guy that sticks out to me is Le'Veon Bell. Um, you know, Le'Veon Bell sat out uh, for the Pittsburgh Steelers season last year, and, and he really had a stance into the season because James Conner did really well for the Pittsburgh Steelers. That offensive line is one of the best in the league for sure. I think every you know kind of running back could definitely succeed. 
But, you know, to have Le'Veon Bell not there in the backfield, he's huge. He's huge offensively. He's huge in the blocking schemes. He's huge in the passing game. I think it would be a very scary opportunity for the New England Patriots and the Miami Dolphins to see Le'Veon Bell in a Jets uniform. Now, that's not to say that they're going to win the Super Bowl and all that, but it's just another building block that they can have. That leverage, at the end of the day, is, is their dollars. So the more money they spend, the more likely they're, they are to land these type of free agents. Because at the end of the day, I don't care what anybody says, unless you're you know, a very team-oriented player, money talks. I mean, money talks. You're trying to invest. You're trying to look out for your retirement when it's all said and done after you know your career is over with. You're really trying to hone in on the most money that you could possibly make. So I don't buy for a fact that you know none of these teams are going to be throwing dollars around. They will. And a team to actually look out for with Le'Veon Bell too, actually two teams I would say, is the Houston Texans and the Indianapolis Colts. That's not to say that they're going to become contenders, but I mean, Le'Veon's a great piece to those puzzles. And you look at their the talent that they have now, it's just like he fits just right into the, the opening vacancy. He just can move right on in and, and secure that spot and without any threats around him. What, what I want to definitely, you know, break down as far as the top paydays. I mean, you're going to talk about C.J. Mosley. You're going to see guys get extensions like Jadavian Clowney, Tyreek Hill, Xavier Howard for the Dolphins. Trey Flowers talks an extension with, you know, the New England Patriots. But what's going to make this NFL offseason and free agency spectacular is you're now going to see a lot of teams become competitive. And it's going to draw parity. You know, whether that's through the draft, I mean, that combine was significant. You don't see guys run like four threes in a 40. It doesn't happen on a regular basis. Or a wide receiver in the draft have 27 reps on the bench. That bench press, you know, you're, you're talking 225. I mean, that's 225 pounds that are lifting up and down close to 27 to 30 times. So these guys are really built for the NFL. And they can just be a complimentary piece when it's all said and done at the end of this year or this offseason, when free agency comes and goes. So you're going to be seeing a lot of teams really figuring out what their needs are, but also I would think, like, what's the best player available? I think time you, you put yourself in a free agency opportunity, spend top dollars, hence the Colts, the Jets, the Bills, the Texans, and the Browns. I mean, was, let's use the Browns, for example. Baker Mayfield have a terrific year. They just signed Kareem Hunt, have Nick Chubb, they got Jarvis Landry. They got top quality players that they're probably one or two pieces offensively from becoming a good force. David Djoku, who is a tight end, was you know one of the top targets in the red zone throughout the entire season. But the Browns really had to solidify that defense more and more and more. I mean, a guy like Trey Flowers or a guy like CJ Mosley can really make an impact. Something else I want to talk about is the trade talks. You're going to be hearing names fly around. I mean, we already heard about Nick Foles already becoming the Jacksonville Jaguars starting quarterback, and free agency hasn't even begun. There's whispers out there. There's inside sources. Don't tell me that the official date is March 13th. You're going to hear rumblings, a lot of chatter where you're looking on Twitter, whether you're looking on a website. There's a lot of info out there that can most certainly be had and customize it to how you see it. 
When you have a guy like Nick Foles, he's more, in my eyes, he wasn't relative in, you know, St. Louis. He was really a no-namer before going to the, uh, the Philadelphia Eagles. The Eagles system was, like, perfect for him. I know you want to build off of a guy like Carson Wentz. He's, you know, an MVP talent back in 2016, so he lost a little bit of momentum as he got injured last year. I, actually, I think he had MVP season 2017. He had a top-tier year. And anytime you face this, like, drama, but, I mean, Carson Wentz, the ability to really become a top-five elite quarterback. If you're looking at Nick Foles versus Carson Wentz, the money can be questioned. And the reason why I say that is when Carson Wentz becomes a free agent, there's going to be probably 30 to $34 million in his hand, you know, as an extension or, you know, if he gets, if he gets traded and it gets extended. There's top quantity with Carson Wentz becoming a quarterback at that dollar sign. So there's a lot of risk too. Him coming off an injury, you know, him feeling that is good. I mean, that shoulder injury is not 100%. It may be now. Like, we don't really necessarily know until we see him play. But, like, Nick Foles is going to get paid like a stud in Jackson. It's it's a tough, tough situation to be in. Because if you're the Eagles, well, do you go for a 29-year-old quarterback or do you go for like a 25-year-old quarterback in Carson Wentz? Those four years in between are huge. But the experience Nick Foles had, you can't coach. So Blake Borles, he's going to get cut. He just didn't show out. I mean, I, I think he hit a lightning in a bottle when he you know made it to the AFC Championship against the New England Patriots. There's a lot of top names out there still. Antonio Brown. I think Antonio Brown is, is destined to go to either the Raiders or the Cardinals. I'm not going to say this is too crazy because it could potentially happen, you know, particularly because of their spot. But, you know, say the Oakland Raiders do have that fourth pick and they, they could trade for Antonio Brown utilizing their first round picks, whether that's one or two of them. And then they have, you know, cap space to grab a guy like Le'Veon Bell. They could potentially get Kyler Murray, Le'Veon Bell, and Antonio Brown, which would be one hell of a trio. But if you look at it from an Arizona standpoint, they could draft Kyler Murray first. They could trade for Antonio Brown, like with one of their, you know, second round picks. The leverage is on Oakland because they can probably get Antonio Brown. But it's going back and forth. I, I wouldn't say I don't see Arizona picking Kyler Murray because I, th I think it's a foregone conclusion by now. But I think Bosa, you know, deserves to have a say in this argument. I think he kind of gets overlooked sometimes, and yeah, you know, he's a top quality talent. I mean, he's he's big, he's strong, he's fast. The injury, of course, which had to end his his Ohio State career. Another team to watch out for is the New York Giants. Now, the Giants don't really have as much money to spend because they spent so much on Odell Beckham Jr., but they're gonna have to invest in Saquon Barkley when he becomes a free agent. So they're trying to trade Olivier Vernon. They're trying to open up cat space, just like every other team is, to get their hands on the top free agents this year. There's a lot of teams that have open opportunities, but they're also solidified you know, roles already. So there's not too much transitioning. For instance, you know, I don't know who's going to take Ryan Tannehill's contract you know, for the Miami Dolphins. I mean, the Dolphins had to reach out to the Washington Redskins and offer Ryan Tannehill asking, would you like Ryan Tannehill? If I'm the Washington Redskins, I'm kind of like, nah, I'm I'm good. The only reason why I'm good is because I know you're going to cut him, and what you cut him will sign him for cheaper. There's all types of ways to make this NFL free agency really pop, right? You're going to be seeing a lot of big names 
I'm telling you right now, as far as Twitter buzz goes, as far as like the sources for Ian Rappaport and Ab Schefter, there's a lot of chatter out there that there are going to be names, big names on the move this offseason. It might start start off next week, right when that clock you know strikes 12. It's it's going to begin. So there could be potentially a lot of teams that were just trash last year, like a six and ten, five and eleven type of team, who now see a bright future in you know like a twenty five year old or twenty six. So I'll give you an example, like Trey Flowers, for instance. Like I'm I'm a Miami Dolphins supporter, right? So of course I'm gonna be biased, but that's the type of player that they need. Now, do they want to spend fifteen to seventeen million dollars a year on a guy they don't really know potential of? I mean, he had a great season, don't get me wrong, and he played up clutch in the playoffs. But there's, you know, times where he can take plays off. He's like a 10 to 13 sack kind of guy. And if you could get that, you know, production out of him year in and year out, he's most certainly worth it. But going back to it, there's not a lot of opportunity because of dollars. You're going to have to work out the different signings that you had in the past and restructure them. Or you're going to have to cut some players. Or you're going to have to trade some players. Or you're going to have to extend some players. Miami's in the tough hole because they want to extend Xavier Howard. And they want to sign Juwan James. But they have sizable contracts, which I think they'll get rid of. But it's going to take some time to build up that salary cap. Maybe two weeks or so. But, you know, maybe we start seeing on March 11th, like, players that get cut immediately. Another example would be um, Landon Collins. Landon Collins didn't receive the franchise tag, so he's going to become a free agent. So what, what that makes me think of is a player getting cut. So it now gives another team an opportunity to go out, get a guy like Landon Collins, or get a C.J. Mosley, or get a Mike Barron from you know the Rams. There's going to be a lot of moving pieces, especially in high state of a, a salary cap. There's tons of money to be thrown around, and it will be exciting to see if these teams are willing to go the extra mile, the extra dollars, because I think this offseason overall is all about who can spend the most. If you can spend the most and if you can build a team, there's some top quality talent that can help you get from point A to point B, and it's a lot seamless of a transition if you have players that are that type of quality rather than players that don't show as much guarantee you a name that to watch out for that can get paid is Tevin Coleman. Tevin Coleman of the Atlanta Falcons had a terrific season. I think he had over you know 900 yards rushing in regards to the absence of Devontae Freeman. So he got a lot of touches in the passing game, rushing yards. He was a fantasy maniac when it was all said and done. So I think he fits in the realm of like a Duke Johnson. Like Duke Johnson might get traded from the Browns. So watch out for that as well. There's going to be a lot of rumors left and right throughout the entire week. And it's going to be tremendous to see. It's going to be awesome. If you're at work, you're keeping your eye on Twitter. If you're not at work, you're watching NFL Network or you're watching ESPN. But I'm telling you right now, the sources that they get at ESPN and NFL Network, you can get faster on Twitter. So if you see it quicker on Twitter, there's a reason for it. It's because those reporters are connecting with those insiders, hence the sources from that story, to make it official. I mean, at the end of the day, this offseason is going to be massive. And the reason why is because there's going to be so much money being spent that teams are not going to want to take a break. They're going to want to you know, just keep investing in some young quality talent out there. 
you're going to see a lot of teams, you know, just wanting to spend some serious, serious money. And we'll see what happens. I think there'll be trade talks involving Antonio Brown going to the Raiders. I think we'll keep on hearing reports about Kyler Murray going to the Cardinals and making them more efficient. You know, that's draft talk. But you're going to be hearing that in tandem because there's going to be teams that you know, won't decide whether to go to drafts or go through free agency. Um, Le'Veon Bill, I think he's going to the Jets. I think it's you know foregone conclusion as well. So there's going to be top teams you know looking for you know way to get in and, and build off of their success. But then there's low tier teams, you know bottom of the barrel teams who want to get keep rising and get into the top. And a team to watch out for is the Jets. You know they have the money. They have Sam Donald. They have Jamal Adams. They got a lot of money to spend. So it'll be nice to see like parity in this league and these teams to really build off of their 2018 season. Let's see what this 2019 season has in store. Let's jump into the Celtics right now. There was so much to discuss about this team. So many struggles, so many insufficiencies. And I want to get to a message. There's, there's a ton of blame to go around with the Celtics, right? There's a ton of blame to go around. Brad Stevens is at fault. Kyrie Irving's at fault. The young guys like Jalen Brown, Terry Rozier, Jason Tatum, Marcus Smart, they're all at fault. I'll tell you what, if you haven't heard of anything as potable on the NBC Sports Boston um, podcast, it's incredible. The reason why is because they talk about behind the scenes clips. They talk about, you know, what they did on planes, you know, going from Boston to LA or Boston to Philly. And it's just really good to hear. I mean, you get to listen to Big Baby Davis, the class act he is, Kevin Garnett, Paul Pierce, Leon Poe, Eddie House, Rondo. I really wish we had, you know, Doc Rivers in Boston. I think the Celtics would definitely benefit from his experience, from his charisma, from his character on the floor, the way he runs an organization inside a management role. It kind of stuck out to me when I listened to Anything is Potable because there was so much sincerity behind it, the message. When Kevin Garnett and Ray Allen got acquired it was good to hear Doc Rivers say, when that trade happened, I'm paraphrasing, of course, when that trade happened, I took the guys, the three players, I brought them into the room, and I told them all to say, you guys have come from super startup, basically like being the guy of the team. There are a list of 10 players who want to do it on their own that can't, and they won't. And he didn't get the list of players, he just said that. And he said, I want you three to respect each other, to respect each other's game, to be fair, to really understand that there might be nights where you don't have a significant role. There might be nights where we just need you for leadership, Kevin Garnett. There might be nights where we need Ray Allen to shoot lights out from three. There might be nights, Paul Pierce, where you just come up clutch and you're the significant franchise player on this team. But things changed when Kevin Garnett really came to the Celtics. And I think the reason why is because that message that Doc Rivers had in that room, they really absorbed and, and took it all in. And I think that's something this team needs, the Boston Celtics of 2018 and 19 season. But there is so much cloudiness behind this team because they're so young. And I think we have to accept that they're young. They have a lot of young players that came together 
Like, I'll give you an example. Steph Curry wasn't, like, top-notch when he came in. I mean, he had a great career at Davidson, but he didn't play well coming into his rookie and sophomore year, or even five years in. He had to play behind um, Baron Davis for a good while, and he had to learn, you know, he had to get groomed. And once he got groomed, that's when Klay Thompson came in. That's when Draymond Green came in. And Steph Curry was really the star of that wave, and then they got Kevin Durant, and now they have... You know, DeMarcus Cousins just signed Andrew Bogut. You get the message. A lot of times when you're going through that rebuilding process or starting off like gathering picks and really pick and choosing who you want in your team to build from as far as like a foundation goes and gradually move your way to a championship caliber team, guys like Jalen Brown, guys like Jason Tatum, you know, even Terry Rozier, they're too individualistic. And I'm not putting the blame on Ainge for, for targeting these type of players because they're going to be worth trading or they're talented and they could be worth it on the court. Overall, there needs to be a message, whether that's from Danny Ainge, whether that's from Brad Stevens. And what you do is you grab your three best players, you bring them into a room, and you have a conversation. I know Danny Ainge had a conversation with Jalen Brown and Marcus Smart, but I think that was more of a learning experience for just Jalen Brown. And I think, you know, a guy like Al Horford and Jason Tatum and Kyrie Irving really need to have a collective meeting. I heard Al the other night, you know, he said he doesn't want any more players meetings. You know, he's just over that. But I think there needs to be a bigger message. Like long term, what are we thinking here? That's the type of mentality that you have. I don't care if you swear at players. I really don't. These players can't take it personally. They get paid enough. And their teams are great and they need to, you know, just come together, build that morale, build that chemistry. Like they're in, um, was the University of San Francisco preparing for, you know, the Golden State Warriors. And that's where Bill Russell went to college. And I love to see that type of stuff. That, that's, what, that's what makes it more, you know, community-like and, you know, comes to, to full circle. Like, Bill Russell was the most winning player in Celtics history. I mean, that's just that's just known. Like, he doesn't even have enough fingers to put rings on. Like, he's incredible. He had a double-double. He put up, like, 30 points and, like, 15 rebounds almost every single game. And we just don't see that energy. We don't see that, you know, camaraderie on the court. And I think it's because there's just so many individuals on this team and I blame Brad and I blame Ainge for not having a meeting prior to the season to go over everybody's role in this team. Like, Jalen, you're going to have to play defense. You're going to have to try harder on defense to create your offense. You're not good enough to take guys one-on-one. And if you are great at guys going against guys one-on-one, it's because you're fast break game. Jason Tatum, when you have an opportunity to score the ball, whether that's a fadeaway jumper or, you know, slam dunking it in the paint, you know, on guys like LeBron James, there's an opportunity for you to learn. Yes, you, you took advice from Kobe Bryant, but Kobe didn't share the rock. Kobe didn't share the rock. I would learn from a guy like like Paul George. I mean, Paul George had an MVP season, but he doesn't have to do it on his own. He's got Russell Westbrook. He's got Steven Adams. You know, he's got Koji. I mean, there's there's players around you that can become better. And I wish, really, Brad Stevens had that mentality and the chemistry with the players to have them open their eyes and say, okay, maybe maybe I can do something different here. Like, if, if I'm Brad Stevens, 
in the beginning of the 2018-19 season, if I'm Brad Stevens and if I'm Danny Ainge, I would have sat down Kyrie Irving, Jason Tatum, Al Horford, Jalen Brown, and possibly Gordon Hayward. Four or five players. And I would just have a sit down. I would have confidence in saying this. I would say, your responsibilities on this team are going to change. They're going to change because players are coming into the mix. Gordon's coming back from injury. And Gordon, I'm sorry, you're only going to get 10 to 15 minutes a game. Just because I don't want you to get injured again. And I also want to treat you as Paul George. You see what Paul George is coming back from. That's the type of mentality that I need to see. Kyrie Irving, you're the leader of the pack on this team, performance-wise. I know you used to have a lot of media hype around you, your movies. We get it. But you're going to have to understand that you're going to have to take a step back. You're going to have to be short with your answers so that this media doesn't get the best of you. And that's what I think is happening. The media is getting the best of Kyrie Irving because he likes, he loves Twitter. He loves Instagram. He loves all, all type of likes. And he has the ability to become a top five NBA player consistently, night in and night out, even better than what he has been doing recently, which is putting up like 22 points and like 11 assists a game. He's been on a tier recently, but it doesn't show up in the box score because you lose. So I would, again, going back to the sit-down and saying, Curry, you're going to be the leader on this team. And, and I get it. He's been the number one pick. He went to Duke. He was one of the number one, number two recruits coming out of high school. So his ceiling is going to be higher than, say, like a Jalen Brown or Terry Rozier. And he's going to have to get more touches than those guys. And, th- and that's just a matter of fact. All these, you know, this ball movement is great. When it happens, like there was a, a time when they went on an eight game winning streak early on in the year, which doesn't seem like a lot, but for this team, it is. They had 30 plus assists. When you have 30 plus assists, your record's better than just dribbling the ball out and having 20 to 25 assists. Like those numbers are significant. I don't have it off the top of my head here, but there was a stat when Chris Mannix. Um, I think it was in, in a halftime, he said when the Celtics are winning, it's because they have a, a significant stat. That significant stat is 30-plus assists in a game. That's when the success rate goes up. That's when the winning mentality goes up. Everybody needs the ball in some type of way. But they got to bring energy too. So going back to it with Kyrie, you were the number one pick. You were at Duke. You were a high school recruit. You're kind of like Cam Newton. You're just like Cam Newton, actually. You are pompous. You do have a tendency to go off and just make your voice heard, right? And you're an individual. You can do that. But when you're on a team like the Boston Celtics who just go about doing their business the right way, you got to take a step back. Jalen Brown, you're an athletic freak. We need you more defensively than offensively. And your defense will turn into offense. Can you hit a you know, three-point jumper hand there? Sure, but I'm going to give you over-under three because I'm not letting you shoot more than that as far as three-pointers go. I mean, you can get to the rack, you grab the rock, and you score. That's exactly what you do. Jason Tatum, do you understand what Kobe used to do? He used to score immense amount of points. Why? Because he had to do it. 
he had to do it because he had to do one on one. Okay, he didn't have the uh, the opportunity because there was no other players around him. So you have to make your game beneficial, but then you also have to take advantage for the talent that's around you. So if you don't have the talent around you, you can take 20 to 32 shots a game. But when you have the talent around you, you can't be going in isolation. You just can't. You know, you had a great playoffs. You know, you put up 18 to 19 points a game in the playoffs. I get it. You want to have more motivation. You want more confidence. But within this team, all of you are going to have to learn. I'm going to finish off with Al Horford. Al Horford, you played for the Atlanta Hawks. You weren't the best player on the team in Atlanta. You just weren't. You had Paul Millsap. You had Jet Teague. Al, you were... You know, 15 points, 8 rebounds per game. That was within your ballpark. That's the type of mentality that I need to see, not only like from a production standpoint as far as scoring and rebounding, but have a presence defensively. We're going to be really small coming into the season. Like, Baines is going to be pretty big for us. He will be. But you're going to play a majority of the minutes, so you're going to have to step up defensively. We're going to need you defensively. You know, we drafted a guy like Rob Williams to learn from you. But it just doesn't seem like that message, as far as what I'm narrating, is getting across to these players. And I think if Brad and Danny had that type of meeting prior to the 2018-19 season, there would be more success. The Celtics are at the five seed right now. They're one and a half, two games behind the four seed, and I think they're four or five games behind um, uh, Indiana. So in order for you to play, you know, in Indiana per se, you're going to have to wish Philly gets to the third spot. Indiana moves to the fourth spot. You're still the fifth seed. You had the 4-5 matchup with Indiana without Victor Oladipo. If you get the third seed, you play the Detroit Pistons. If, you, if Philly is still in the fourth seed and you're in the fifth seed, you're having a Philly and Boston matchup, which would be horrific. There's not a lot of room for improvement right now. There's just not. I wish there was, but 18 games isn't a lot. It's not a lot. Whether you practice every day, it doesn't matter because this season, particularly in my eyes, was a loss because they just didn't. Like, they're 12 games over 500, and I'm saying this. But the only reason why I'm saying this is because I know in the heart of the Celtics, they know they're a 50-60 to 60 win season team. And if you could get that respect and you could build that consistency, you'll then move to, rather than just making it to the playoffs as a four or five seed, back to a top six NBA team. And we will see if this team can play against the top tier matchups in this game. But they got to keep moving forward at the right pace, have the right character, and ultimately you know, win a world championship. It's got to happen. It's got to happen at some point because if they don't, they will always look back at this season and say this was a loss and we should have won more games and we should have brought our A game more and had better character on the court and didn't have any you know struggles off the court with the media, fingers pointing. There's going to be top quality talent in this playoffs and if the Celtics can then rise to the next level, there will be a parade on Causeway Street. There will be, if this team can come around, they can compete. As Kyrie said, 
when we're at our best, we can play against the best. Let's see if they do.